Welcome to the MTB Tribe Podcast, your trail map for the world of mountain biking. And now, I'll introducing your host, Gareth Beckett. Howdy, mountain bikers. Thanks for being here, and welcome to episode 168 of the MTB Tribe Podcast. I'm here, as always, to help you find out more about mountain biking, how to go on the trails, keep you stoked, and hopefully learn a little more about mountain biking and the people involved. So thanks so much for being here this week, and thanks for tuning in to the podcast. Now, in this episode, it is my pleasure to welcome back a friend of the podcast, legend of the Irish mountain bike scene, organiser of the Vitus First Tracks Enduro Series, and winner of just about every race on the planet, the man, the myth, the legend, Mr. Glenn O'Brien. Now, the reason I asked Glenn back on the show was I noticed on his socials he was building a hardtail. And it got me thinking, like, why is Glenn building a hardtail? Is it a winter thing? Is it maintenance over the winter? Is it a training thing over the winter for the upcoming race season? What's his thinking behind it? Why go for a hardtail? The man's got a garage full of bikes, so why go for a hardtail? Why build a new hardtail? So I asked him to come on the show and have a chat about it, and he was kind enough to do that. Kind enough to take an hour out of his evening and come on and chat to us about why we should think about building a hardtail. If we need a hardtail, what's the benefits of a hardtail? How it helps us ride a little bit better and maybe builds our skills a little more for when we jump back on the full sus. We chat about all that good stuff. We also chat about what Glenn has planned for the 2021 Vitus First Tracks Enduro Series and how that's changing a little bit for the 2021 season. And it's very interesting and very exciting and I think you guys will love it. We chat about that. We chat about his new Vitus Summit CRX, why he went for a 29er over the 27.5 that he normally rides. And we do touch a little bit on e-bikes. So stick around and hear more about what Glenn has to say about all those things. So let's welcome Glenn on the MTB Tribe Podcast. Hi Glenn, welcome to the MTB Tribe Podcast. We've got here in the end, dude. Skype's been a bit of a nightmare. Yes, Gareth. Yes, uh, thanks for having me on again here. (laughs) Uh, These things are never easy at all, are they? (laughs) Should maybe stick to Facebook or Instagram or something, but... Escaping carry on, man, is beyond me. <laughs> I I think we were in about six or seven different meetings there, and calls coming in from here, and calls coming in from that account. And <laughs> I remember going back to the nineties here, are we with this scout carry on? Zoomer <laughs> these days, isn't it? Here, like I don't understand this Zoom thing. Like to me, Skype's normally very easy, but it has changed here over the last day for some reason. But that scoop, scoop, that Zoom thing just took on so quickly. Unbelievable. Yeah. Uh, yeah, with lockdown and all that sort of stuff, like it seems to be um, the go-to app, isn't it, for uh, for chatting to people and all the rest. But like, so yeah, seems to be seems to be the future, doesn't it? Aye, man, it's nuts. It's nuts. And here, Peloton's doing really well out of lockdown. Peloton, uh, yeah, on Zwift. Yeah, I'm I'm doing better Zwift actually. Um, right, good. Yeah, I actually started get, getting back into it there. You know what? I know it's kind of winter time now and. Uh, I hadn't been on it for a few months, but it definitely got me through lockdown. Uh, having that we that we competitive side to me. <laughs> it, yeah. uh, it kinda it did tick a few boxes now and uh, it can be quite sociable as well. So we had a group of us uh, all great crack like, you know. I uh, we all guys that we we'd raced with um, in the mountain bike scene, we were we were racing against each other 
uh, on Zwift. And the Crackers 90, it definitely, on those longer days and all, it, it helped us get through there. So yeah. uh, wintertime has come again, and the old Zwift has been brought back out. The cobwebs have been blew off, and we're, we're ready to go again. So, Class, man, class. Um, I, I was reading about Peloton the other day. Do you know how much that company's worth or valued at? No, oh, man, you're, you're into millions. You know, uh, $40 Forty billion is it? Peloton mm-hmm. is Peloton yeah. bigger than Zwift? I think it maybe is definitely in the states. I think. Yeah, yeah, um, you definitely. Well, from what I'm hearing, anyway, Zwift seems to be. I think maybe a better a better app for for racing. Mm-hmm. And Peloton maybe if you're into spin classes and all the fitness kind of you know set of things, uh, and you're not that competitive, maybe Peloton's a bit better. Uh, probably something similar. Swift, yeah. uh, I'd imagine from lockdown, you know, like you could you couldn't get your hands uh, on a smart trainer. Even now, it's still very difficult to just sell nights straight away. So I'd imagine if you had shares in, in Zwift or or Peloton, you'd be um, quite happy at the moment. <laughs> you'd be happy, love I I think Peloton's more like you say it's for classes and stuff like that. You know, for you know training and and things like that. Whereas I'm not sure if you can race on it, but they'll certainly they'll certainly put it on it if they haven't. I'm sure. I, I'm sure they will. I'm sure they will at, at some stage. Yeah. So with Swift, can you set up like individual races? Can you have like a group of guys where they can enter the race and things like that? And yes, actually, on a Wednesday night, uh, Ross Blaney has started uh, a club called the Ulster Swifters. So I mean, <laughs> yeah, uh, so I think he has probably on average about fifty or sixty people racing. Really? So yeah, uh, like. God knows how he has a Facebook group and all the rest of it, and then like you have to go on to Zwift then to actually get the invite to the race. But even through lockdown, uh, every week there's just more and more people onto it. Like uh, there's probably it's probably a few hundred on it, I'd imagine. But uh, on the Wednesday night races, there's there's four different categories. Uh, 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 yeah, and um, really competitive, great crack, you know, short short races, um, and he just kind of each week uh, sets the course, sets the distance. How many meters are going to climb? Uh, literally from the first pedal stroke to the end, you're just full blast. It's um, really good crack. <laughs> and is it more of like a road racey type thing on it, or can you do enduro and stuff like that? Uh, there is mountain biking on it. Uh, there is cross country mountain biking on it because uh, it's all fitness orientated. I think this is something they're they're going to get into, and they have started getting into, I suppose, with the um, technology advancing th- through time. Um, that there are two or three sort of mountain bike specific tracks, courses uh, that are quite short <clears throat> and then you can select the mountain bike and select the different ways and all the rest of it like you know, and as you, it's a game at the end of the day you have to think to as well so as you progress through the game you can upgrade your bike and upgrade the ways and make it lighter and faster and all the rest of it like you know but all the right. mountain side of things isn't as popular I would imagine, you know, that like the, the huge sort of majority of people that use Zwift are road cycles and just use it for road racing and um, and training for road for road racing or or training for mountain bike events as well. But they don't just, you know, race the mountain bikes on Zwift, if you understand. Aye, aye. It would it would be a bit weird because you wouldn't get the same kind of feel. You would need like a four D thing, like you know what I mean. You would need. <laughs> Yeah, you need somebody to throw buckets of water and muck over you, and oh, you know. Yeah, yeah, that's 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 all to come. <laughs> <laughs> the modern darting 
gutters this time of year, and they're like, but <laughs> uh, I think I think there's actually I'm not sure what it's called. It's kind of like a board or a balance board you can get. Uh, so basically, it gives you the the feeling of actually cornering your bike. So that's mm-hmm. you can use that for for mountain biking or or the road cycling. But again, there's only you know, a certain amount of courses that you can go on that that part of the app actually works with you know that technology so but again i know come back in a year or two years time i'd say you know you'll be doing all sorts of stuff we'll be jumping over gaps and pedaling and sprinting down things and (laughs) yeah but it's crazy even already you know with uh the drafting you can do and you can freewheel at times you know like certain times again it is a game so uh you have to it's it's not it's it's very close to the real thing but it's never going to simulate the exact real thing. Um, but you have to still figure out how the game works to your advantage, uh, which is which is quite interesting. And I suppose, I suppose when you're doing the racing, uh, any wee break or anything you can get to help, uh, you know, is great. So it does take a while to figure it out. But uh, mostly, if you haven't got the fitness, you haven't got a set of legs, uh, you're just going to be you're going to be blown out the back as you should in in any normal race. But there are wee ways of um, helping your helping yourself through it. Aye, classic man. Sounds good. Like sounds well. Sounds a bit like torture, but uh, uh, it's as hard or as easy as you want it to be. If you want to go on and do all the, you know, the, the training or just meet up for a social ride. So anybody that's using Swift, uh, I think a lot of a lot of clubs in it as well use it. So if the weather's bad or during the winter here, uh, weeknights they just meet up. So uh, you can meet up with a big massive group select the course that you want to and then you just ride around uh, and you can use those different apps on your phone i think discord is a good one for for zwift where you can shadow out of your friends or people in the group at the same time and then actually on the app you can on the zwift app you can watch them and their names pop up and you can tell you know where they are on the course and how far they are in front of you or behind you so yeah it's it's uh, really good Aye, cool, man. It's better than watching Netflix, anyway. Yep, it is definitely. Uh, and I suppose in these these winter nights, uh, there's only so much kind of sitting about in Netflix and all you can do. You can do both at the same time. A lot of people Aye. do that. I suppose you could, yeah. Multitask. Yeah, and stick on the TV at the same time and yeah, and pedal away and watch whatever. Yeah, cool, cool. All right, well, listen, we've got you on to chat about your your new rides. You've got a couple of new Vitus bikes there, and you built a hardtail and stuff. Uh, so we'll get into that and the, the benefits of, of riding a hardtail over the winter and, and the dirt and the mud and everything else that may affect your full sauce. But first, let's chat a little bit about the Vitus First Tracks Enduro Series because you just released some dates for that um, for 2021. So let's hope that happens, man. Um any more update on that or any venues or yeah we're just working through it <clears throat> as you've seen there we we have the dates out uh, this time of year uh we all kind of get together you know fire a few emails about uh so this is the kind of event organizers more mostly the enduro organizers uh those enduro in this country is is very healthy at the minute mm. there's three series and then quite a few sort of one-off events so and then obviously the downhill and the cross country uh, but their dates normally come out a bit later but it's i mean it's beneficial for everybody if uh, dates don't clash so yeah we we've put our heads together recently and uh sorted out the calendar for next year so everybody's dates are now set 
uh, now we have the, the the tedious job of securing venues, mm-hmm. which normally, normally takes a bit of time. Uh, normally it is quite difficult, but I think with uh, the COVID and, and whatnot and really seeing kind of no end to it anyway for, for now, uh, it, it's, always, it's always very challenging. Uh, and we're just kind of working through that at the minute. Uh, we 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 have venues in mind, and uh, we're we're chatting to the the landowners and the powers of be, and working through that. Uh, we can't we can't really confirm any at the minute, uh, but we're hoping to do uh, most of the most of the normal ones, and then we've got one or two kind of new ones that we're working on to as well. Right. But okay. Not been set in stone yet. Uh, but something we can say, which is quite exciting. Uh, so basically it depends this is what we're working on for next year and it depends on the venue so we are we're going to have a different theme for each venue right so basically the, the idea behind that is uh, we are hoping to have an EWS qualifier for one of the rounds uh, and the venue that we want to use for that then the criteria is that we have 15 minutes of racing for the winner and then you're meant to have you know like um like a thousand meters of climbing and like 20k i suppose is the, the criteria for an ews qualifier so that lends itself to our kind of normal format where we practice on the saturday and race on the sunday which is brilliant everybody's used to that one uh, we want to do another round then similar to the big wood race that we had back in August where on the Saturday morning we'd done the practice on three or four stages. Then we raced the Saturday afternoon. And then Sunday we had different tracks and then we went back to practicing on Sunday morning. Raced again Sunday afternoon. So that'll be one of the rounds. Another round is going to be the blind racing format. So basically tape off the five or six stages on the Saturday. Uh, no practice, let people tear away. And then on Sunday, maybe change up some of the stages or just retape some of the stages. And then again, the five stages, uh, let people tear away, no practice. Mm-hmm. And then <clears throat> the other one then will be the mashup style. So, yeah, probably between 10 to 4 each day, we'll have four stages. So basically, yeah, do, do the stages in whatever order you want, as many times as you want. Uh, and then on Sunday, we'll change the stages up again and same thing again. So four four rounds, four different themes. Uh, keep us on our toes. And then, yeah, watch the space for, for the venues. As soon as we get them confirmed, we'll let people know. Yeah, cool, man. Oh, that's cool. You're doing something different. Change it up a little bit. Because um, EWS done something like that this year, didn't they? They used the same track and done a couple of, you know, done the Friday, Saturday, Sunday kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Seemed to work. Some riders liked it, some didn't, but you know, you're going to get that in everything you do. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we've been running that format now for five years to practice Saturday race Sunday, uh, which is brilliant. You know, nobody complained at all. And then, yeah, with the uh, with COVID and all, and then having one race, possibly the two races we looked at, and we thought we'll try and do two different rounds, just give people kind of what they want to do is like race as much as they can and, and get out in their bikes as much as they can over the weekend. And people actually really loved that format. The feedback was really good. Um, it was kind of like quick fire rounds where people practiced, they come back, had a, had a short break, and then we're straight back out again into racing. And then the next day it was like a clean sheet where they just, um, if they had a, made a, a mess on the Saturday or punctured or mechanical or whatever it was, crashed. 
they didn't feel so bad because the next day, clean sheet, you know, went back into practice again on three or four different stages and then raced again. So they kind of had two two opportunities in a way. And mm. people people love that, you know. Uh, and that's the beauty of enduro. You know, it doesn't have to be the same format, kind of like downhill or cross country, where it's the same format pretty much every single weekend. Where enduro, we can mix it up, and as long as we have you know enough stages and there's enough um, enough there to keep people happy, then uh, it's all good. Ah, oh, happy days. Yeah. No. Well, that would be. It would certainly be a, a value-packed weekend, you know what I mean? You're going to get a lot of buying for your buck there. Yeah. And the way, it, from the very start, like, we have always wanted to, you know, provide, you know, a, a weekend's crack. It's not just about going to the race, uh, ha- having a good race and going home, but a, a huge part of it is, you know, the whole social side of it, you know, the camping over, the riding bike with your friends, doing a bit of racing, having a bit of barbecue, that whole thing, that's, that's, what, that's what we're all about. Mm-hmm. Uh, a bit different this year with the COVID and all at Bigwood and we were absolutely gutted that we couldn't you know do the camp and we couldn't do the podiums and all because that's like a huge part of you know the whole crack and the character of, of, of the events so a bit disappointing but hopefully next year you know we're we're going to be optimistic about the whole thing and hopefully by you know springtime next year we're good to go again or we definitely we learned so much even this year we can make things so much more efficient uh, we've already proven that we can do it with the social distancing and all those procedures in place and still have a crack on the weekend so anything we get after that is just a bonus yeah yeah totally man it's uh even to get some running this year was amazing for you it's really really well done there um and i'm sure what right. were the numbers like for those for those rides uh, uh the numbers uh we were restricted to 200 so i okay i i think i we had to turn away so many man it was, it was horrible actually we had, I think, at one point, 120 people on a waiting list. And I don't know how many people had just said, there's absolutely no point in even putting your name on the waiting list because we can only have 200. And as soon as somebody dropped out or a county got shut down, um, it was just cancel, cancel their, <coughs> their entries and go to the waiting list. And we were never going to get through the 120 of the parallel. Like, you know, so, yeah. Yeah, people are still really keen to, to race. Uh, and just get out in their bikes uh, and obviously with those those restrictions in place you know we can only do what we could do like so uh, which which is totally fine you know it, it was very manageable uh, it felt very safe and anybody that was there kind of knew what was going on and were very aware of the situation and everybody played ball and everybody went home with a smile on their face uh, and you know nothing happened and mm-hmm. they were happy to I know there was uh, there was a gravity enduro event on as well, and a few other events, and it was uh, very similar. Uh, and people were happy to go from one event to the other uh, and feel safe. Yeah, yeah. I awesome, mate. Awesome. Well, listen. Good luck in twenty twenty one with that. I hope everything goes well. And um, as soon as we hear anything, I'll repost it on socials and stuff, and keep everybody updated. Cheers, man. Cheers. Right. Plug no it. You do all the time. Like it does. It never stops. Yeah. Um, even before the, fin- the 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 season finishes, we're already you know starting to put things in place for the following year, and it's definitely it's no different this year. Uh, nothing happens without a plan, and the plan is in place. So let's just hope uh, we can do it. Aye, somebody needs to uh, send COVID back to wherever it came from, China. Yeah. <laughs> back to China is right. China. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Nice. Sorry. Go ahead. 
Yeah, I would be glad to see the end of this COVID carry on. Like you know, it's yeah, it's been times for for everybody. Like and uh, and challenging for for everyone. You know, I mean, there's there's nobody escaped this one. No, so, uh, but definitely for us, you know, personally speaking, we learned a lot. Uh, there's things that we'll definitely do again um, for next year. Uh, that is, is sort of touched on it there. That just makes things um, much more efficient for us. You know, we're able to do. All the day licenses online, all the registration online, uh, start times were booked online, and so people basically arrived up to the race, and all they had to do was basically ride their bikes, stick the number boards on, and go and race. Where before, you know, we were having people to queue up, and uh, probably, you know, some people were, you know, depending on how, how, how well things were going, but you could have been standing in the queue for half an hour, maybe an hour mm-hmm. times during the busy time, just when registration opened. Uh, but now it's basically arrive straight to straight to riding your bike. So that's what we want to do for next year. Happy days, man. Yeah, good things can come out of these situations. So interesting, yeah. very interesting. Yeah, it's all a learning curve, isn't it? Like, and you have to take the good from these things. Yeah, totally, totally. All right, let's get stuck into your uh, your Vitus um, hardtail that you got, and you were posting up some stuff on social and all about it. Um, Lovely, lovely looking bikes. I've seen them up in Chain Reaction there in Belfast. Um, very nice looking hardtails. You got the, how do you pronounce it? Centier? Centier. 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 It's oh. French. So it's yeah. Centier. Yeah, or if you're from Northern Ireland, it's a Centier. Oh, I Centier, mate. Or a Centier, if you really want that. <laughs> Class. Uh, Nice looking hardtail. The prices, they start from about 850 and go right up to about 1600. Now, did you get a frame, Glenn, or did you get the complete bike? I got the complete bike, yeah. It sort of came around in a funny way. Like, I wasn't planning on having one at all. I mean, I always have a hardtail kicking about. I've got a a repeat, which is the cross country hardtail, but I have a kind of setup more with the dropper seat post and uh, high-rise bars and things on it like that. So it's kind of like a sort of hybrid uh, cross-country stroke uh, aggressive hardtail bike. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I wasn't planning on having uh, a hardtail like that. And then we were doing, we had a day up on the North Coast uh, with Vetus uh, riding the new hardtails and the Mythics, so like their trail bikes. And so I got the, the Santiago ride for the day, and literally, man, just fell in love with it. I was just having so much fun riding that bike. It was like, I have to own this bike. So that's how it started. So I got it home, uh, the complete bike, and I just mm-hmm. had parts, you know, like the, it does, like the, uh, you've seen the prices and the spec on them, like, and they are absolute you know, value for money. Like the, the frame and the fork and, and the bits and pieces on them are, are really good for, for the money. But I just had my own parts, you know, from different sponsors and just different parts that I had lying around the garage here. I thought I'd turn it into a, a bit of a, a winter project and just do the little upgrades with the bits and pieces that I had here. So I changed. I think we had, yeah, we had some some of my favourite tyres here. So the WTV Vigilantes had a set of them. So they fitted straight on, easy. Not that there's anything wrong with the tyres on it. Mm-hmm. Oh, it comes with Magic Marys and stuff like that, so they're a good tyre. Yeah, Swalby, Magic Marys, and a knobbling neck, I think, on the back. I mean, mm-hmm. great setup, absolutely nothing wrong with it. If I was to buy that bike, uh, I would happily run those tyres, but 
uh, what we had a set of the WTVs here and uh, uh, those tyres on my enduro bike and all. So basically the idea was to set this bike up um, as close to my enduro bike as possible. Obviously it's a hard deal, so it's without the suspension. <clears throat> and that's kind of what I think I've achieved here. So when you sit on it, it feels it feels just like my enduro bike. It's absolutely class. And it shreds really hard down all the tracks. So I've been to uh, Tollymore and Restriver and rode all the tracks. So I'd normally ride on my enduro bike, um, but it's just for this time of year, uh, a bit more challenging on a hardtail and really keeps the skills sharp. So when it comes to uh, race season next year, and I'll spend, obviously start spending more time on the enduro bike then as well leading up to that. But yeah, mm-hmm. keeps your eye in, keeps keeps the skill sharp. So that's that's the idea of it. And I, I think it's really fun. You know, that's that's the biggest thing. It's just it's great crack riding hard tail. Yeah, yeah, very different. What's uh, what travel did you put in the front? So it's just the original fork. So it's the Fox Float thirty four, mm-hmm. so one hundred thirty one hundred thirty mil travel. Yeah. Oh wow. Okay. I thought yeah. it was more looking at it than that. No, that's the standard fork. Uh, with these with hard tails now. Uh, the important thing is the geometry. Mm-hmm. So, um, I say it feels like a it feels like an enduro bike, uh, but rides you know a bit easier on the uphills. Uh, and on trail centers, you can attack you know like the flatter stuff, and uh, it just challenges you know the rider a bit more and makes the, the tra- trails like that I think a bit more fun. Mm-hmm. Downhill bits get a wee bit sketchier, but I think when you spend a bit of time in those bikes, uh, you learn just how to adjust uh, and ride almost as fast i think as an enduro bike not quite as fast like but on some trails you can absolutely rip down it like in a square crack yeah yeah for sure um like i'm i'm interested in the whole idea of running a hard tail over the winter months just to save um your your full sauce your your more expensive bike if you like and just save the pivots and stuff like that is that a consideration you would think oh i'm running a hard tail over the winter uh, probably not no okay to be honest uh, <clears throat> yes you're right in saying that uh, the winter months is definitely a bit harder on your full suspension bike where you know all the mud and all the grit gets in around the bearings and wears things out and you wash your bike a lot more uh, so you have to be very careful with that I just use a normal hose but it's, it's so it's so easy just to get, you know, a bit lazy and leave your bike and let it dry, and then you, you turn to the power hose, or there's power hoses at trail centres, and people start washing their bikes with that, and that's that's what really destroys your bike. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's things you can get as well. I know, uh, like Rapid Racer Products, they do like a mud guard for the front and the rear of your bike, and they have like little seal guards on them as well, so they kind of protect your fork seals from all the mud and all the the grime getting in around them and then again they have a rear guard as well that uh, protects and stops like the mud and the spray getting in around your bearings and the pivots so uh, that that's you know a, a bit of help and a bit of protection for that um but it's definitely not the reason um why i put the well put the the enduro bike or the full suspension bike away for the winter and mm. uh, purely because i enjoy riding hardtail sometimes i like the challenge uh, i just think it's great crack and keeps the skills sharp and that's my sort of my main reasons yeah yeah like from the maintenance side of things like i see in these you know all the cables are external and and stuff like that so i suppose 
that kind of makes things easier from a maintenance side of things. You don't have cables running inside the frames where moisture can get in and all that kind of stuff. So I suppose the bike is set up to deal with that kind of thing almost. Yeah. Yeah, most most of the, the cable routing is external. Some of it's uh, internal, like the, the dropper posts uh, internal. It's internal, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. so there's, there's a bit of a mix. Uh, to be honest, I think that's just because uh, it's a bit easier for the guys to build the bikes, uh, less time consuming. Uh, but there's definitely things you can do as well if you want to kind of, if you like, winterize your bike. Uh, you can, yeah, well, you probably, <laughs> not going to recommend this, but uh, you can run uh, full-length gear cables from the back, either zip-tied on or, you know, well, there's other ways. Uh, yeah, <clears throat> uh, and, but it's easily replaced definitely easily easily replaced all the cables and that's kind of what you know once you, this time of year once all the modern crap gets around it gets down inside your cables and then you get sticky gears and all the rest of it and that's probably yeah the, the hardest thing to keep on top of yeah yeah for sure like when you're talking about handling there on the hardtail and you're running it in the same trail centers that you would run your full sauce all on like what's the main difference what do you feel different about it from handling what what's the main thing that just you feel straight away on it? Yeah, I think riding like an enduro bike. So we're talking, you know, a bike with probably 150 mil travel plus on like a trail center, or just you know normal trails that are are not that demanding uh, or challenging with big features. Uh, so I think it to me it takes it kind of takes the fun out of it. So I would I would prefer a trail that challenges me rather than a bike mm-hmm. that challenges the trail. If that makes yeah. sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I think riding a hardtail or like a really short travel bike uh, on trail centers or, or trails like that, um, it's just it's just yeah more more fun. It's really yeah about the crack at the end of the day. It's not like yeah. So I think if you're if you're into riding big bikes uh, around trail centers, you know they are you know a bit of a slog to get them up the hill. And then there's not enough features on these on these trails to actually justify having a big bike like that to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, where you know you, you want to ride down natural trails with you know a sort of fairly chunky sized drops or gaps or off camber routes or very variable terrain. A uh, full suspension bike uh, is just more more cracked down, isn't it? Yeah. 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 For sure. Yeah, it's it's interesting, like, you know, because you would think with the hardtail and not having the rear suspension, because at the end of the day, I suppose the rear suspension is there to keep that rear wheel on the ground as much as it can, right? To give you more traction and cornering ability and stability and all that kind of stuff. I suppose with the hardtail, your skills have to be dialed in a wee bit more. You almost have to concentrate a little bit more you have to feel what the bike's doing a little bit more. Do you find that with it? Definitely, yes. Um, you really have to focus on your line choice and on where you're putting your tires. Uh, I suppose you could think of it in a way like the best suspension that you have is your body, your, like your your elbows and your, and your knees. So you do have to use them a bit more because you've got no suspension at the back of the bike. So you just have to be a bit more... Uh, supple sort of in, in the knees and the, and the hips and sort of absorb those kind of small bumps a bit more and try and keep mm-hmm. that foot on the ground but I have it set up with uh, basically the same tires that I would have on my enduro bike so uh, so the grip is really good 
Uh, and then a dropper seat post as well is another massive thing too as well that is, is normal on most bikes these days. Uh, but I have a like 170 mil dropper post on it. Oh, really? Wow. Right down, out of the way. So if the back end does kick a little bit, I've got a lot of um, space there. Um, whereas a full suspension bike, obviously the suspension is absorbing the bumps as well. And if you do get a kick, you've got that extra little bit of space too. So yeah, so they're, they're probably the, the the, the big things as well for, for riding aggressive hardtails uh, is to have a good set of tyres, uh, a good dropper seat post, and then the, the right geometry on a bike as well. And you can attack any trail and ride just as, almost just as fast as a full suspension bike. Yeah. Different when you're racing. Very different when you're racing. You go into a different mode. Obviously, you push on that extra, you know, 5%, 10%. And you're just hitting things a lot harder and you're taking more chances and uh, you're risking a bit more. Uh, this time of year, I suppose you back it off a little bit. You still want to ride hard because that's where the fun bit is. And then a hardtail is very good just for, for keeping those skills sharp and, and learning new things and just keeping keeping your eye in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Do you find the weight plays a difference? Is it much lighter than your full sauce? Yeah, it's a bit lighter. Not a huge lot, to be honest. Um I think it weighs in probably about 28 pounds, I'd say, where enduro bike's about 31, mm-hmm. 32, yeah. But, yeah, and there's a, a little bit of weight saving maybe just in the frame, obviously the rear shock, but, like, the wheels, tires, seat post, fork, everything else is in around the same weight. Yeah, yeah, because they haven't, the, the Vitus guys, they haven't put cheap, Componentry on these things. These things are still running nice gearing and nice forks and everything else, um, and they do they do look quite aggressive. They're very very cool. Though. Really really good fun bike to ride, and um, kind of going back to the weight thing as well. I think that for me anyway, I think the weight thing is uh, less of an issue now as to what it was a few years ago. I would much prefer you know a bike that I can rely on and know it's not going to break, and have a good set of tires that aren't going to puncture. And they've got a load of grip rather than trying to save a few grams here and there um, with tires that I'm going to puncture with and just be a pain in the arse when I'm out in the bike. Or they're mm-hmm. not going to grip because I want to ride on, ride harder. Um, yeah, and it's just the bike becomes a bit more stable. So uh, you can have more fun and just uh, more confidence on the on the, on the the downhill bits where the bits that we enjoy a bit more. Obviously, that's different for cross-country racing where, yes, you know, weight, you know, like the part of weight and all and all that, you know, matters a lot then, you know. But for this style of bike and that style of riding, you know, uh, it's it's not as much of an issue for me. Yeah, definitely. No, it's, it's very cool. Um, like, to anybody looking at a hard tail, you know, that has a full sauce um, and does ride their bikes, like, why should they buy a hardtail? What what would be your your advice for them that they should have a hardtail in their in their uh, garage there? <laughs> Why not? Another <laughs> <laughs> <Another> excuse. <laughs> yeah, I mean it totally depends. You know, there's a there's a ton of things that you can you can take into consideration. Uh, but yeah, if if you want to put your your full suspension bike away this time of year and just ride your hardtail, yeah, it's got uh, you know tons tons of um, factors why you want to keep it here but yeah as you you kind of talked about less less maintenance so you 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 have a lot less to worry about um easier just to to wash and kind of look after and like you know so 
mm-hmm. just that fuss with a hardtail. You kind of just rinse them off and kind of throw them back in the garage and, you know, do all that. So you've just less to think about. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think, I, think you, I think the fun factor is, is a massive one. I, I think, yeah, outside of the, the race season, if you want, and uh, people hopefully still enjoy riding their bikes uh, in the winter months when it's a bit darker and a bit, a bit wetter. Uh, and certainly we've been riding, I, actually, I think I actually ride more this time of year. Uh, so, yeah, the, the fun factor where you can just throw your leg over the hardtail, meet up with the lads and just have a blast and not be too worried about being like, you know, super fast down the trail or getting a, a KOM or being faster than your mates, but it's all just about hanging it out in the, you know, in the mud and the slop and, and uh, just having, having a bit of crack. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, I can definitely see that. Like, do you, before you go out for a ride, do you say to yourself, you know, now that you have the hard tail, we always probably had a hard tail there, as you say, but do you have to think, right, okay, I'm, where am I going? Okay, will I ride the full sus or will I ride the hard tail? Which one will I take the day? Or do you look outside and think, it's absolutely hmm. wet, muddy, soaking, I'll take the hard tail. How do you choose? Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good. That's a good one. Um, I kind of suppose it's kind of like your riding crew as well. So everybody's got like you know like their mates that the and their buddies that they go riding with most weekends. I know it changes around uh, with kind of like your your lifestyle or how much time you have. Uh, but certainly you know like the the guys that I ride with, normally there's a bit of a, a conversation or there's a bit of a, a you know like a WhatsApp group or whatever that we're in. And it's like, right, lads, where are we heading, you know, tomorrow? Or what do you fancy, like? And then we'll kind of decide what bikes to ride. But I think the, the important thing is that everybody turns up on the same style of bike. So mm. if it's a, a hardtail day, you know, the best crack is then that everybody's riding a hardtail. If we decide, you know, let's go to Tullymore and we'll do like an enduro style spin where like we just cruise up and then smash down all the trails as hard as we can way better crack if everybody's on their full suspension bikes or we've been <clears throat> e-biking recently quite a few days uh, so obviously you don't want to be turning up on a hardtail or or whatever else on, on an e-bike day so yeah you just have to get that sorted at the start of the before the ride um and normally that's kind of sussed out the day before you know a few days before weather i don't think plays a part for me i'm happy to ride any bike in any weather so yeah, just depends what the lads are doing and what the what the general vibe is and what, what we feel like doing. All right, all right. Interesting one. Very. Towards like the end of the winter, coming up to start a race season, spend more time on the full suspension bike, enduro bike, just because you want to uh, have that bike dialed in, you know, spend time on it. Uh, I think you can ride a bike a lot faster when you know how it reacts and if you've got it set up correctly. So, spending time on a bike before an event is is useful yeah yeah for sure like when you when you've been on the hard tail for a couple of days a few days or a weekend or whatever and you jump back on the full sus do you appreciate the full sus a little bit more coming off the hard tail do you think yeah yes yeah you do and again it depends on your mindset i think for the style of riding that you're doing and uh, who you're riding with so yeah, you can just cruise down a trail on any bike, uh, or you can get to the top and kind of put the put the head on a wee bit and just be a bit more aggressive. 
and yeah you're yeah you definitely appreciate the the full suspension bikes then a bit more um mm-hmm. but if you're not so bothered about that um it's very surprising how fast you can go on these bikes yeah no i would say so i would say so like for somebody starting out glenn would you advise they go the hardtail route first i think definitely for younger ones yeah if you're just getting into biking you know uh you're a bit younger obviously depends on your budget too as well uh but certainly yes uh, if you haven't had a lot of experience uh, uh on a bike whether it's bmx or uh, or mountain bike or whatever um yeah i think a hardtail is a good way to start off uh, even if you're getting into racing it'll definitely do no harm doing uh, a bit of racing on the hardtail for the first year or two to get used to it and then as you progress and you get a bit older uh, go for the full suspension bike after that if you're a bit older um i think you would be kind of forgiven really a bit to go straight onto a full suspension bike uh, again depends on your budget but there really is uh, some cracking bikes out there as well for for not much money uh, that will get you straight into the full suspension market uh, on good trail bikes or even like a pretty decent uh, enduro race bike for, for good money uh, but yes a lot more forgiven uh, and you'd you, you know suppose you're a bit older things uh, you don't learn as quickly uh, when you're a bit older so yeah do no harm mm-hmm. yeah like do you think do you think going on to a full suspension first kind of gives you bad habits or, um, you know, does it, does the hard tail make you ride the bike correctly because it's not, it's not forgiving your mistakes as such? Yes. Yes. You could, you could, you could argue that, um, a full suspension bike makes you a bit, a bit lazy and, uh, you'll definitely get away with, with more with a few mistakes on a full suspension bike where hardtail sort of going back to saying you really have to be aware all the time and you have to be very uh, particular sort of where you put your wheels and that that's a skill in itself and then obviously you know the skills to actually maneuver the bike and jump your bike a bunny hop your bike corner your bike is all a bit more difficult or a bit more challenging on a, on a hardtail but once once you master that skill on a hardtail, then it's it's easier to kind of cross over and apply it to a full suspension bike, where you'll kind of go then, oh, this is a bit easier. Oh, I'm getting a bit more grip here. Oh, I can jump bigger and land flat or hook up on a jump. Uh, and the, the full suspension bike's a bit um, a bit more forgiving then, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's interesting. You know, because a lot of people with the price of level entry suspension bikes now like half decent ones we're not talking the ones you can buy at 99 quid you know but uh... <laughs> yeah well yeah that's it i think anybody that gets into mountain biking you know if you buy a cheap bike um you're gonna have a shit experience aren't you like and you're not gonna enjoy it the bike's gonna go into the back of the garage and you're never gonna take it out again so if you are thinking of mountain biking definitely you know, invest a bit of cash you mean for a thousand pounds or one and a half grand uh, you can get a pretty serious bike now. Uh, I know the Veda Smithics now, so like 130, 140 mil travel bikes, which will pretty much do everything you need to do it uh, for for your first bike on rail. Uh, it's a lot of bike for not a lot of money. Yeah, no, it's crazy, man, because it's not too long ago you would have had to have spent easily two grand, if not two and a half grand, to get a full suspension bike. 
Yeah. You know, it's just, and the Vita stuff is really, really well priced for sure. Um, and I think everybody knows that and realizes that. But even at that, at 1,500 quid, you're getting a hell of a bike for that money. Yeah, it's it's unreal. So basically, um, Vetus have cut out the middleman, so they sell direct to the public through Chain Reaction and Wiggle. So that's how they do it. Basically, they don't go through a bike shop, uh, so there's no there's no markup there. So uh, you so the consumer gets really good value for money, and mm-hmm. uh, getting that top quality frame. Uh, <clears throat> that's as good as I would say, you know, personally speaking, as good as any bike really on the market. Uh, and it's spec really good as well so you'll get the same you know shimano or shram that all the other brands use as well uh for a lot less money yeah yeah for sure it's definitely something people need to check out when they're starting out for sure and the bikes go to you can spend a lot of money of course yeah oh I, you know it's it's like anything these days you know there's the entry level price there's the uh there's the christmas present price if you want <laughs> <laughs> Do well, you know, and then there's like the the, the total top end, the, the all singing, all dancing, and there's there's I mean, you know yourself, there's a market for that as well. People, you know, people like having that bling, and you know, a lot of people just like showing up at the trails, having like the the latest and greatest, uh, uh, and that's that's totally fine. Uh, I think with with Vetus, you know, they have kind of captured that you know value for money kind of market. Uh, where they have an absolutely awesome bike for really good money, and you know you can't you can't you can't get better than that. No, definitely. Um, let's chat a little bit about the Vita stuff because you're sponsored by them, and the you have got the race team and all sponsored by them there. Um, like, do you get any input into the bikes, Glenn? Do you get to demo stuff and get a bit of input and feedback back to the guys? I uh, we do a little bit actually, yes, and kind of that that's part of it, and that's. Uh, uh, you know the part that I always quite enjoy as well, but um, we we do bits of feedback. You know we're really good friends uh, with the guys at Chain Reaction. Now we've been friends forever, uh, just through racing and riding bikes. And then obviously since we got on board and we've been using the the various bikes, you know we we already know um, the engineers and all the guys that uh, that design and build the bikes. So I mean. You know, it's pretty casual at times where, you know, we, you know, we give a bit of feedback and we say about this and say about that, whether or not they listen. (laughs) 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 That's a different story, but I mean, they can't take everything on board and make all the changes, but certainly little things get fed back and they take feedback from other riders. They see other brands, you know, like anybody, you know, and they take bits and pieces and uh, they end up kind of with what the product they have now, you know, which uh, Mm -hmm. is kind of years and years in, in the development and taking all the little bits and pieces that they think is right and what they think is cool and kind of put it all together in one package mm-hmm. yeah. yeah so yeah so that that's yeah that's yeah that, that's what we do that's kind of the part of the, the, the team thing as well yeah but we understand as i said we understand you know like uh, it takes some stuff on board some stuff you know uh is over the top of their heads maybe <laughs> just <laughs> <laughs> yeah. obviously some of the things coming out in the bikes and there's still some stuff that you know you'd like to see happening like but for one reason or another it, it, it just doesn't happen like you know so yeah i'm sure there's so many different reasons why things get yeah. you know get done and thing other things don't get done um, cook sometime can there? it's too many cooks and all that so yeah aye, aye. 
like anything, you have to listen to the good advice and take all the difference, you know, the good points and put it together. That's it. That's it. So you're, you're riding the... You're riding the new summit, the 2021 summit, um, for next season, obviously. Which one did you get? Yeah, so I literally just got my hands on the summit 29 CRX. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so so this is quite interesting. So this is, well, not strictly. Strictly speaking, I have raced a 29er enduro bike before and a scarp a few years back. Which was fine. I felt I felt okay on it. Uh, maybe just the geometry and stuff like that wasn't just as dialed, obviously, as it is now because we've learned a lot over the last couple of years. Um, but I went back onto my twenty-seven and a half, and it was like this is this is the wheel size and the bike for me. I'm not going not you know I'm not I'm not going to risk twenty-nine again and all the rest of it. Uh, I was very happy to ride um, a, a twenty-seven and a half wheel bike for the last few years. Uh, so this year, obviously, we have the option of 27.5 or 29. Uh, uh, through the winter, uh, I had rode a Moloch bike, you know, so smaller wheel on the back. Mm-hmm. I fell in love, thought this is the bike for me. I wanna, I want a Moloch. This, that's it. So big wheel at the front. Uh, you know, in my head, just everything added up. You know, like why you'd want a big wheel at the front, why you'd want a small wheel at the back, and it makes sense to me. Uh, being a rider, I'm five foot ten, so think maybe I'm just a little bit too small for a twenty nine or for enduro racing or for downhill racing, uh, and maybe yeah, a little bit too tall then maybe for for a twenty seven and a half. So Mott, I think, is uh, the the future kind of for me. So. They don't offer, I suppose, the summit in a mullet. You can't buy a mullet summit. Mm-hmm. So we got the 29ers. So the idea is a ride a 29er and then put the, the smaller wheel in, in the summit. So the smart thing now is the summit comes with a flip chip. Yes. So the flip chip then uh, changes the, the head angle by uh, half a degree. And, and alters the, the bottom bracket by six millimeters. So the cool thing is that you do have the option of running the, the flip chip in the higher setting with the smaller back wheel, and you pretty much achieve the same bottom bracket height as you would with the 29 wheel in the lower setting. Yes. I think there's a very small difference of like about four mil a uh, I haven't tried it yet, but mathematically, uh, that's what's been worked out. Uh, something that we're really excited about trying. So I've got the new summit. I've rode it once last Sunday. Uh, couldn't believe actually how well I get on with the bigger wheel on the back. So, um, but the cool thing is then as well that we're going to have the option of you can either run it as a twenty nine or run it as a mullet. So, you know, it's a win win situation. Yeah. What um what size of frame do you run then, guys? So it's a medium. Aye. See, yeah. you're I'm five ten too, and I find if you're five ten, you're at the high end of the medium spectrum, and you're at the low end of the large. Yeah. And um, do you find that too that you could ride a medium or a large? Yes, I've had this debate with myself <clears throat> um for the for the last couple of years because yes. For, I know different brands are slightly different, but for, for Vetus, we are absolutely bang on. Uh, 
you know, 510 puts you right at the top end of the medium, low end of the large. Uh, and I have tried both. Uh, I think large is just, yeah, a bit a bit too big. Um, a bit, you know, it's just doesn't, it just doesn't feel right. Mm-hmm. I would rather go by feel rather than kind of what's kind of written down. So riding a large bike for me then just doesn't feel right. Ride the medium and uh, it feels it feels perfect. Yeah. So yeah, I've been riding medium the last couple of years. Uh, there's uh, there's been nothing wrong with it. Uh, so I'm going to stick with the medium. Quite happy with that. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Um, yeah. Interesting because I would tend to go for the smaller frame myself. Yeah. Um, I think it's just more playful or something. The the large just seems a bit awkward, or I don't know if that's just in my head, but it just feels a bit clumbersome or something. Yeah, and, and I mean, I think you have to be very careful not to get sucked into the kind of trends at the minute where people are saying, oh, you want to be a bigger bike and longer wheelbase and slacker head angles and lower bikes and longer this and all this kind of crack. Like, you know, mm-hmm. thinking at the end of the day, you have to ride what's comfortable and uh, what feels good. To me, a medium feels good, so I'll be sticking with that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Now, going back to the flip chip, um, was that set up initially because of this whole mullet thing, or is that just something that was going to be available anyway? <laughs> um, yeah, t- to be honest, I think it was one of those things that kind of just happened. We'll say maybe accidentally, but yeah, worked out. It worked out pretty good. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it was yeah designed in a way where you would just have the option of running your bike in the 29 version. It's the same on the 27 and a half as well. So a, the flip chip on either option will you know, change the head angle by half a degree or bottom bracket by six mil. Uh, but yes, if the, on the 29er, uh, it just so happens to be that that's, it, it worked out really good. And I think, again, in my opinion, um, the demand for mullet bikes uh, will certainly increase um, this year and over the next couple of years. Yeah. Uh, possibly, you know, at a guess, 27.5 will become less popular. 29s, I think, are here to stay. Mullet bikes, I think, will become increasingly popular. But this yeah. is an, an awesome option that you have on this bike. Yeah. So the idea is you can you can change the settings so that you can put the smaller, the 27.5 wheel on the rear, and it doesn't mess up the whole geometry of the bike. That's the kind of idea of the thing. Yes. Well, you know, not 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 the idea really behind it, um, but it, it, it's worked out pretty good, I think, for them. Right. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Stroke a lot. It's just you could run your 29er in a slacker, uh, you know, a slacker head angle on a, a lower bottom bracket. That was the initial idea, but it just yes. so happens to be you can run it in the higher setting with the smaller wheel in the back. I happy days because yeah. I know some of the guys have been trying this whole mullet thing for a few years now in the EWS. They didn't really tell anybody, but I... obviously, obviously the press and all seen it and it kind of leaked out, you know. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, it has been around for a while, you know, and, and same with the guys on the the downhill World Cup circuit. They they've been running mullets for a few years. Um, it's kind of starting to come into you know like the, the different bike brands and I think there's a very select few that actually offer mullet bikes where you can buy off the shelf uh, so it is mostly you know 27 and a half and 29 mm-hmm. but 
again, in my opinion, I think um, I think that that will change. I think I'll change in, in, in time to come. Yeah, yeah. I think just by chatting to people in the industry, the whole twenty seven thing seems to be on the way out. You, okay, you might get offered it on every small framed bike for the smaller person, but certainly from medium up, it seems to be maybe mediums you'll get it as well. You'll have the option, but large, extra large, the 27 wheel size seems to be disappearing. Yeah. Yeah. I think um, you're right. There's something to as well, you know, just depending on the, on the rider's height, you know, or obviously the age, you know, younger riders and all maybe having that, you know, smaller wheel size mm-hmm. is still going to be a thing. But I think with, you know, general uh, enduro bikes or trail bikes, uh, yeah, it's going to be more mullets and, and 29ers. Yeah, and you can understand why from the brand's perspective, right? Because they're having to make, you know, this bike two different wheel sizes. It's just it's just a, a stock and nightmare. And then what I like a lot of the brands are doing now, they only offer the bike, you know, in one color, which I think is just... It's far better. You can imagine all these different wheel sizes and you can get the same bike in four different colours and you can do this and do it. I'm sure it's an absolute stock nightmare. You know what I mean? How do you ever win? Oh, man, you don't. Nobody wins, I don't think. Uh, it's an absolute uh, just mind boggler, isn't it? Like for anybody that's trying to spec bike these days, you know, <clears throat> with all the different, you know, bottom brackets and headsets and friggin' wheel sizes and all that kind of crack like you know and then obviously for the consumer to try and keep up to speed with all that there it's just yeah it's yeah it's a bit of a nightmare Aye, totally man totally well before i let you go glenn um is there anything else you can tell us about anything else you have planned are you going to whistler this year had you planned to go to whistler what because you normally go there once a year don't you uh well i'd, I'd love to <laughs> <laughs> was that last year i think yeah, it was last year. Obviously, nothing happened this year. Nobody got anywhere. Yeah. Um, next year, you know, we've looked at the calendar. I don't think I'll get to Whistler, but certainly we'll be in Europe for a few trips for the Masters Worlds out to France. A few other wee bits and pieces. This is the plan anyway. God knows what's going to happen between now and then. Uh, but we do, like, we, we have planned a, a full a full season of racing at home and uh, and getting away for a few trips as well so at the minute yeah not 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 a lot has changed um we're being hopeful and hopefully yeah. it works out that way yeah cool now totally off the topic are you were you going to try and get snowboarding in 2021 <laughs> um kato asked me what i want for christmas and i've asked her to get me a new snowboard jacket so right i'm optimistic ever ever the optimistic here yeah, yeah, because I, I go normally once a year as well. But man, a lot of the re- a lot of the resorts aren't opening and are running at half half spec, and some of the lifts aren't going to be open, and it's going to be a weird one, man. Yeah, it's um, locals only looking really at the minute, isn't it? So aye. Yeah, it's either that or I'm going to look really good just going outside to put the bin out or something. I got my new jacket, one or the other. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Classic, my classic. You know what? You know what? I'm onto a winner. Ah, exactly. Ah, well, it's always there to use again, you know. Oh, yeah, well, the last jacket I had for about 12 years, 15 years or something. So, yeah, I'll have oh, a jacket while yet. <laughs> you didn't go for a one-piece? Uh, did you? <laughs> no, but I think of it. Well, I would like to, I think. Uh, I did go for the um, 
you know the bib the bib pants all oh, right okay yeah they look good too yeah which is i think yeah 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 sort of a happy medium you know mm-hmm. you know the crackdown about obviously you know friggin snow everywhere and all the rest of it and uh not the most comfortable when you've been walking around with a wet hole all day but Aye. that's that's hopefully going to cure that and then you can just throw your jacket down can't you like if you're going for a wee bit of um a press key you can just dump your jacket can't you like and you're you're not walking around your onesie all day <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, the thing with a onesie as well, you need to be good with one of those on, especially if it's bright colours and all. Everybody sees you and looks and laughs at you and points at you, and then you're rubbish going down the hill, you know? It takes a long character to get away with that one. <laughs> <laughs> <You're> oh, <laughs> classic, man, classic. Uh, well, that's a, go, go on ahead. Yeah, have we? Hmm? Have, you, have we talked about e-bikes yet? No, do you want to? Aye. Oh, aye. We're here now, aren't we? All right, well, go ahead. It's It's a great topic. I, um, I suppose uh, the release of Rob Warner's new E Summit. Yeah, man. Oh, what a nice looking ride, eh? Oh man, that is you know dreams are made of that sort of thing, aren't they? Like, Aye. Um, yeah, I'm going to pull it up here and just look at it while we're chatting. But did yeah, you know, did you watch the video like of them actually hunting the bike over to him? No, I haven't seen that yet. Yeah, it's worth a wee watch. So basically, it's, the, it's at the end of the dream build video. So there's a few minutes where, you know, the guys just are actually, you know, physically, here's your bike, Rob, happy birthday. Mm-hmm. Um, like he looks like quite genuinely blown away with um, his Repsol Honda-inspired e-summit. <laughs> <laughs> Classic. Like, um, but it is an absolute cracker. Like. Yeah, like what I love about it is, it just looks like the summit. From a distance, it just looks like the summit. You know what I mean? And the e-bike technology is unbelievable. Like, it's crazy. And, you yeah, know... Moving fast, isn't it? I, and I had uh, Rick McLaughlin on the show from the EWS. Yeah. He was on the podcast a couple of weeks ago. And um, what Rick was saying, because we chatted about the e-bikes a good wee bit on it, and I found this very interesting from what he had seen in the EWS mm-hmm. is, you know, so you buy an e-bike and you either, you know, buy a mountain bike, e-bike, hardtail or full suspension. That's kind of it. But yep. what he sees happening in the near future is the same as a normal mountain bike. So when you go to buy an e-bike, you'll have the option of a trail bike you'll have the option of an all mountain you'll have the option of an enduro e-bike you'll have you know so it's going that way and he thinks the brands are going to start and cater the way normal mountain bikes do with your longer travel and stuff because he reckons that's that's how it's going to go from speaking to the pro racers and all the ews now so i thought that was very interesting yes yeah, I think you're right in a way, and you know, you know, those options are already out there. You know, you can buy mm. a good hardtail uh, with the right geometry on it, with um, you know, with, with a battery and all, and all the rest of it, or you know, like a road bike or a gravel bike with batteries and all that kind of crack. But yes, I think the uh, AWS and certainly uh, racing definitely pushes the, the development of different styles of bikes. And as we get more competitive, or as e-bike racing gets more competitive, uh, the demand for kind of lighter bikes and uh, less travel and more course-specific um, e-bikes will evolve and uh, people will want them. Mm-hmm. 
So yeah. I, that, that's yeah, that's part of it. Or longer, you know, bigger batteries, uh, or smaller batteries, you know, depending on the, the style of the track and all sorts of stuff. Like you know, so uh, again, it's like the wheel size and all that kind of crack. It's just a minefield of what uh, what we can do, <laughs> and people's heads will be absolutely mangled with uh, different options out there. But racers, yes, racers definitely uh, at the forefront of that and uh, kind of making the calls. And, Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Like from your own point of view, Glenn, what do you think about them? Are you into them? Do you like riding them? I think they are brilliant, man. They're from the very start, as soon as e-bikes come out, uh, I know people just love jumping on the bandwagon a wee bit, and we, we all do it and slag off uh, e-bikes and uh, on all that kind of crack. I know it's maybe becoming less common, but we still do it for the crack. But uh, as soon as you throw a leg over an e-bike, uh, you instantly just smile and wonder why you never done this years ago. They're they're great crack. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think yesterday was the first day uh, I had Keelan Grant out basically yesterday, and it was his first proper like e-bike spin, and he just as well fell in love straight away. And there was three of us just you know hacking around the forests. Doing all the trails that you normally do on your in on your normal enduro bike, but we were just doing going up the climbs, you know, twice as fast. Still able to chat away and have the crack. A good long spin covered, you know, loads of ground, done loads more trails than normal, and everybody come back buzzing. So like, I cannot think of any reason why you wouldn't want to do it. Thank you. Yeah. yeah, really good value. It wouldn't be my only bike. That's what I would say. Like if I was to have one bike, it wouldn't be. I wouldn't just go and choose an e-bike, and that'd be it. I'd probably just have my my sort of full suspension enduro bike. If I had a one bike, does all kind of thing. Um, but I think if you've already got that, uh, and you know your hardtail and your your e-bike, I think um, there's definitely uh, there's a time where you'd want to ride all of them. <laughs> more bikes. Yeah. I like. I definitely think there's a place for them for sure. Um, and the more you look at the application of them and how it's helping people get out, helping people get over injuries, helping people get up to speed with their friends that have been riding bikes for 10 years and they're just getting into it. There's all these different kind of applications for it. Um, I think it can only be good, man. And the industry, it's good for the industry. The industry needs it. Definitely. Definitely. You say it's, they're, they're a massive part of our future like, and they're, they're definitely here to stay. So it'll be very, very interesting to see, you know, uh, how, how e-bike racing develops, you know, how e-bikes themselves develop, how different tracks maybe develop. There's so many things that just keep keep the, the industry interesting, just keeps biking in general just interesting, mm-hmm. and your, you know, your weekends interesting in it. So, yeah, watch this space. Aye, for sure. How about the gravel bike scene? Are you into that? Uh, once a year. that reminds me and it takes me a year to recover um not massively into it to be honest i can see what they're at and all like and you know i mean i suppose in a way i do for i've a cross country bike there that i've sort of set up for gravel racing if you like or gravel riding uh and cross country riding or racing as well like you know so i don't have a gravel specific bike Mm-hmm. I, I don't have a desire to have one either so I'll just stick to what I have I think at the minute but I do I do enjoy I could do that gravel grinder once a year 
if there was a couple other events, uh, I would probably do them kind of more for the, the crack or a bit of training. Uh, but I, you know, you know, if that's what some of the, the boys are into, then yeah, keep it up. Aye, aye. It's interesting. You know, there's always seems to be something new on the horizon. You know what I mean? Something different. So it's going to be interesting to see where it goes after the gravel thing. Um, we'll next? be back on BMX, dude. <laughs> BMX is, aye, BMX is getting bigger too as well. I know well, certainly at home here, you know, like the, there's more and more tracks popping up and more pump tracks. I would like to see more pump tracks actually um, popping up in just like little towns and villages. But certainly, yeah, I think uh, with you know, give it time. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, BMXs or hardtails, dirt jumps. Yeah, coming back into it. Aye, for sure, that sure. whole side is. Like, before I let you go here, like, you've been in the industry now at a high level for quite a while, for a long time. Like, how healthy do you think the industry is and how stoked are you to be involved in it at the minute? Honestly, I think the industry could not be any better. It is just like, I know lockdown, uh, uh, at the very start of lockdown, everybody just kind of... You know, didn't know what to do, and very quickly, like the the, the whole kind of like cycle industry just absolutely went crazy. Mm-hmm. You could not get a bike, a second hand bike, or anything for love nor money. I obviously, you know, with racing, we with the restrictions, you know, you, you couldn't we couldn't have the races that we wanted to do. If you could, they would have just sold out. So I think the the future of biking is very healthy. The future of competitive cycling is is very healthy. The the future of racing and I think riders and competitors in Ireland is very healthy. You know, we've got a a lot of young talent coming through as well. So I think uh, the the future is going to be very exciting for us all. Yeah, definitely, man. It's it's a great industry to be involved in. It's a great community, a great scene to be involved in at the minute. There's, There's just so much, you know, to look forward to with it, really. Yeah. Definitely, man. And, you know, at the end of the day, we're keeping ourselves fit. We're keeping our minds nice nice and fit and healthy. You know, we're getting out there. We're meeting our friends. You know, there's absolutely uh, no reason why you shouldn't throw a leg over a bike these days. Aye, definitely, man. All right, cool. Well, listen, Glenn, thanks so much for coming back on the show. It was good to catch up with you um, and learn a little bit about your your uh, rides there that you've got in the garage. How many bikes do you have in the garage? All on her. I know you're sitting in there, so you can count them while you're there. <laughs> Run out of fingers. <laughs> <laughs> have you kept some of your real old bikes, have you? I have a few upstairs, one or two in the, in the attic. Um, and I have a BMX actually bolted to the wall, my, my very first BMX. Wow. Bolted to the wall here behind me. Um, but most of them have so long. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Aye, that's always a regret, isn't it? Hi, do you know there's only uh, yeah I've a, a kind of one of the one of the walls in the garage is kind of dedicated to helmets, and it was a few helmets that I sort of passed on or sold on that I wish I never had done now because it's turned into a bit of a shrine here behind me. Mm, mm. The bike that you rode in Rampage and came third there, have you still got it? No, it's it's long gone. Really? Wow. Long gone. Aye. Yeah. yeah, I was I was looking at photos of that the other day. Actually, I don't know where I see where they were. You'd maybe post up some stuff, had you recently? Um, possibly. I think maybe. Uh, normally stick up a wee, a wee picture every 
every time Rampage comes around. <laughs> All right, that that's got just nuts now, dude. Yeah. Uh, it's unreal what the boys are doing. Unreal. Yeah. yeah. You didn't see your man uh, Steinberg crash the other day, did you? Not real gap. Uh, don't think so. No, it's it's worth the way Google there, just suppose when you're. I'll yeah. check it. Well, uh, is it is it bad? Is it? It's pretty bad, I. <laughs> <laughs> but like a really really experienced rider, like, but it just goes to show you it doesn't matter who you are, what you've done, um, things things can go wrong. Uh, it just went very badly wrong for him. Um, yeah. Is well, he injured? Like, is he badly injured? Or yeah, like he, like he snapped his femur and punctured the lung and things like that. Like, he was probably lucky not, not to be worse than that. Like, you know, so yeah. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Okay. All right. Yeah. I'll, I'll maybe check that out and scare myself before I go to bed here. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, bro. Thanks so much for coming on, and um, we definitely have to get connect and go out for a ride soon. I need to get my fitness up, dude. I haven't been on the bike in a long time with. Being stuck on Malta and having this shoulder injury and everything else, but I lend you the e-bike. Ah, exactly. That's what I would need. You see, <laughs> good stuff, bro. Here, have a good uh, evening, uh, whatever you're getting up to, and um, I'll speak to you soon. All right. No worries. Cheers, Gareth. That's a wrap for episode 168, and I hope you enjoyed that, folks. I hope you got something from it, and it has helped you think about this hardtail thing. Do you need one in the garage? Do you want one in the garage? Would it help you riding over the winter? All that good stuff, and I hope it's kind of put your mind at ease a little bit in what to go for there. And certainly do check out the Vita stuff. It is really well-priced, and this stuff is amazing for the 2021 season. Really, really nice. So, Glenn, thanks so much for coming on the show, bro. I do appreciate it. And um, as I say, I do need to get up and, and get uh, riding with you there. But you will have to lend me an e-bike because there's no way I'm keeping up with you boys at this minute in time. Uh, but thanks so much for coming on the show. And uh, thanks for chatting us through everything that's going on there with the Fighters First Tracks Enduro and everything else that you've got going on. So cheers to that, buddy, and take care on the trails. Now, if you want to know more about what Glenn and myself chatted about there, just go to the show notes. You'll find them at mtb-tribe.com. Search for Glenn's episode 168, and you'll find out a little bit more info there and easy links to Glenn's socials, etc. Now, if you're enjoying the show and you want to support the podcast, the best way is by subscribing, rating, and reviewing us on Apple Podcasts. Every one of your ratings helps boost us on Apple's algorithms and helps spread the good word about the show to more people. If you're not on Apple, you can find and subscribe via Stitcher, Spotify, Podbean or whatever podcast platform you listen to your shows on. We also have a website, mtb-tribe.com, where you can find the complete bike catalogue, listen and download every show from there for free. You can also subscribe there and get one email per week with a quick and easy link to listen to the show. You can also get involved on social media at mtbtribe on Instagram and Facebook or if you'd prefer the old-fashioned email method you will find me at info at mtb-tribe.com so that's it for another week of the MTB Tribe podcast I do appreciate you tuning in and supporting the podcast every download helps the podcast be seen by more people and I do appreciate your time and sharing it with friends and family so until next week folks as always get the bikes out hit those trails and stay MTB stoked.